Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners. It's a Monday, the start of a new week. Oh yes, some of you aren't jumping for joy, but it does mean more stories. I had something odd happen to me this weekend. A rose-ringed parakeet slammed into our house window. It was dazed and waddling around. So I decided to bring a little joy to its life and give it a pistachio nut. I've never seen a bird so happy and chilled. So be like this bird. When you find yourself running into figurative windows, and I really mean figurative windows here, find someone to give you that pistachio. And on this, I have a pistachio... I mean, story just for you listeners. Today I have two chapters for you from Tom Keithley's Twisted Tales, with the finale heading your way tomorrow. We learn what happens when rage consumes our protagonist, the desires of a demon, and the will of the Hellcat Cassandra. So turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. Tom Keithley, A Twisted Tale The car crested one final hill, and I saw the village come into view. I nodded once to Cassandra, and she tells Liam to stop the car. I fumble the handle, and the door opens. Staggering, I climb out of the car and make it to the wet grass along the side of the road. The white noise in my head has become a full-on screech. I clutch my head in pain. I just wanted to stop. I am aware of Cassandra standing beside me, but neither of us speak. I stare at the ground and my arms go limp at my sides. I exist only to destroy. I never even thought to speak those words, but they came out in a monotone voice. I exist only to destroy. It becomes a mantra as my eyes fix on the nearby village. I begin to walk slowly, my prey in sight. I exist only to destroy. I exist only to destroy. I exist only to destroy. <laughs> the laughing started then. Another thing beyond my conscious control now. Purple flames ignite around my hands, and I begin to throw fireballs at the closest buildings. I hear Cass yelling at Liam to stay in the car, but her voice is distant. She was safe, and in no immediate danger. As the flames begin engulfing the buildings, the residents come running out in a panic. The first one I spot is a woman, probably in her late thirties. Her back is to me as she flees, but I'm much too fast for her. I get my powerful arms around her neck and give a violent twist. The crunching of her bones sends chills of the light through my body. I had learned when I broke the priest that nothing is as gratifying as the breaking of human bones under my tremendous strength. Something hits me on the side of my head, hard, and the dead woman slips from my arms. I turn and am face to face with a teenage boy holding a cricket bat, which he hits me with again. This time, 
I throw my arm up, and the bat splinters as it connects. Snarling as my rage grows, I grab the boy by the face, and with one arm, lift him off the ground, and slam him into the pavement head first, driving the back of his skull deep into the sidewalk. He twitches once, and goes limp. My greatest gift as a demon was my psychokinesis. Sure, the flames were fun, but nothing more satisfying than making an object literally rip itself apart from the inside out. Or demolishing buildings without ever laying a physical finger on them. As I make my way down the street, I raise my right hand and make a diagonal cutting motion with it. The building I was looking at splits, and the upper half begins to slide away as gravity does the rest. It slams into the next building and creates a domino effect. As more buildings fall to my magic, the greater the panic becomes, and the more people begin pouring into the streets. I let out a deep laugh, full of madness, but also a sick kind of glee. Then here come the police, poor bastards. They rush at me with nightsticks drawn, and rain down blows where they can, to no effect. I let out an annoyed sigh, and narrow my eyes at one of the policemen. His arm twists around painfully, and I bury my hand deep into his chest. The other two turn and try to flee, but I hurl the corpse of the impaled man at them and take them off their feet. I look at the man with the mangled arm and grip his jaw with one hand, looking deep into his eyes. You will tell this story later. Now run, before I change my mind. I toss him aside, and the man scurries to his feet and takes off running, never looking back. Now for you too. I crack my neck as I stalk the two remaining officers. I just want you both to know that I absolutely love killing police officers. You have no idea. I drag one of them to his feet. In fact, it's the most fun I can have without having to cuddle afterwards. <laughs> I grin wickedly and give the man a wink. As I let go of his uniform, he erupts into flames, howling as he falls back to the ground. Oops, guess I didn't make it hot enough. You were meant to die instantly. How unfortunate. <laughs> but my sadistic laugh puts the lie to my words. The other officer is on his feet now and trying to get away. I must have injured his leg when I threw the body at him because he's sluggish and favoring his left leg. Oh, here. Let me give you a hand, fella. I say, grabbing a hold of him by the back of his shirt. I then literally fastball him down the street and right through the windscreen of a parked car. And now, for my peers de resistance. I clap my hands together, then place my palms on the ground. This time, when my energy courses through the ground, the entire earth began to shake and fissures began to spiderweb out from my hands, erupting with molten rock and magma. It was like an underground volcano had just erupted right in the middle of the Scottish countryside. Cackling madly, I turn and walk away, 
whilst I let the flames do the rest of the work. My head free from the screeching and my sanity largely returned. That was gratifying. As I approached the car, I could see Liam clenching the wheel in a white-knuckled grip. The boy looked absolutely horrified. Guess I couldn't blame him, really. Cass and I climbed into the car. Take us back to the city. I told Liam. He cringed when I spoke and hunched over the wheel and ground his teeth. Why? So you can slaughter them too? Go fuck yourself. I drew a deep breath. I'm going to step outside this car now, and I'm going to give you, say, three minutes to rethink and rephrase that statement. I say, opening the door. The rage had already begun building, but it was not that out of control inferno. No. This was a very specific rage, with one cause. As I pace outside, I begin feeling some sense of urgency building in my gut, and I can't figure out why. The unease had chills running down my arms, to the point where my hands were tingling. In the car, I heard Cassandra in no uncertain terms give Liam his one last shot at saving his own life. Now look here, Liam. If for some unfathomable reason you don't fear him, then you should most definitely fear me. She leans forward and folds her arms on the back of the seat, putting her mouth inches from his ear. You see, it takes a lot for Hector to go to the trouble of killing just one person. Me, vendettas are kind of my thing. She licks her lips. Has anyone told you that you have wonderful skin? She almost cooed as she stroked Liam's cheek with the back of her hand. The incredibly passive threat did not go unnoticed as the boy shivers and starts the car. With a smirk, I climb back in beside Cass. Well played. I think, knowing she would hear it. She does not give an audible response, just looks at me with this little cheeky smile. Liam flips the car around in a sharp U-turn, taking us back towards the city. A white-knuckled grip on the wheel the entire time. That guy is going away after this, you know that, right? I mean, even if we don't end him, that guy is never going to be the same. I give Cass a sideway glance. She meets my gaze and gives a shrug, and for the first time, I hear her respond in my head. You know what that sounds like to me. Not our problem. As we drew closer to the city, we see emergency vehicles speeding out towards the recently destroyed town. Ambulances, police, even military vehicles. Overhead, the sound of helicopters could be heard now. <laughs> oh look, you triggered them, Cass said with a giggle. Liam heard her joke. His grip on the wheel seemed to tighten more somehow. It's like they think they're people. I say, my eyes on him, and with a sudden desire to repay him for the whole go fuck yourself thing before. That did it. The car screeches to a violent halt, 
and Liam spins in his seat to glare at me and howls, You fucking monsters! He draws a deep breath, and I hear Cass whisper an annoyed, And here we go. As she folds her arms in mock patience, That was my hometown. I grew up there, lived there, had a family there. You destroyed it like it was nothing. Like they meant nothing. I yawn. <sighs> How could you do that? Why? And to be so detached from it? How fucking horrible was your childhood? He pants slightly and pauses to catch his breath. Yawn. I say flatly, are you quite done? I ask, don't answer, don't care. It was rhetorical. I point out the windscreen to the road. You, you evil mother. He is cut off when Cassandra punches him in the nose. The fuck? He screams and she hits him for a second time. Less bitching, more driving. She leans forward and presses a knife to his throat. You see, Liam, you're only alive because you're useful to us. For the moment. So, if you have any sense of self-preservation, I suggest you hang your head like the contrite little bitch we both know you are. Put your foot down and get us the fuck out of here whilst figuring out a way to remain useful for the foreseeable future. The knife presses more firmly against the artery that lies so closely beneath the blade on his neck. Cass causes the boy to gulp. Now, if we have an understanding, say, yes, Mistress Cassandra. Hang your head like a bitch and start fucking driving. The finality in her tone seems to make the entire world around us hold its collective breath. Liam hangs his head. Yes, Mistress Cassandra. And the car starts moving again. Pleased with herself, Cass sits back and puts her knife away. Like a bitch. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's Twisted Tales chapters, and stay with me for the finale tomorrow. And this week I'll be doing some SCPs and more fan stories. Remember, if you have any requests, send them straight to me. Stories, fables, ghostly tales at gmail.com. And I can't wait to hear what you'd love to listen to next. Some listeners have requested genres, story types, research, and so much more. So by all means, reach out. And lastly, do you hear that silence? That, my lovely listeners, is boredom. Knocking at our door. Friends don't let friends put up with that. Send me to them so I can help them fight that monster. And as always, lovely listeners, till next time.